Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Man, isn't the Lord good tonight? Isn't the Lord good? Man, it's, it's such a, a good atmosphere of, of recognizing the presence of the Lord tonight. We, we're just in worship and honoring the Lord. And man, there's such a, there's such a hunger for the Lord in this place. And I'm just so, so proud and excited to, to see that. Um, I just want to, as we, as we stay standing, just, just for a moment, I want to read just a scripture. Um, Psalm 146, one through two, um, says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. I will praise the Lord. As long as I live, I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Man, and that, I think that's like our, our anthem of our lives, that we will praise the Lord all the days of our lives. And so you can, you can be seated. I just wanted to read the scripture as we're, we're reverencing the Lord as we stand um, tonight. And so uh, before I get started, I just want to um, shout out our pastors, uh, Pastor Omar and Pastor Letty. They're just incredible. The pastoral team. Um, all Man, just, man, such such great people, men and women of God, and, and I can't help but notice that we have evangelist David Diga Hernandez in the room, and Stephen Moctezuma. Man, I have to recognize the, the, the gift that they are um, to the body, and so I'm so, I'm so um, honored to be up here, and uh, thanks to Daniel for, for playing with me, but I'm so honored to be up here and to share a word, um, and Especially, especially now, um, in a time where we need we need the presence of God more than anything, and the avenue in which we do that, we connect with the Lord, is in worship. And so, for my life, I can't help but think about what I w- who I would be without worship itself, um, without the gifts of worship. Um, I consider I consider worship. It's, it's such a privilege that we get to partake. We get to um, participate in worship. It's a gift that we get to get to hold and possess and, and honor the Lord through worship. Um, and, and so often I find that I am most complete in the presence of God, and it is within worship. It's there's nothing else you need. Just like tonight, we could have just been going for. Um, more moments and just been in the presence of God. And there's nothing else that our mind is set on because when the Lord is in the room, uh, all attention is at him. And so um, I know many of us can relate to that. Um, worship is not only, the, uh, not only an opportunity to, to worship the Lord, but it changes us in the presence of God. And so um, tonight I'm, I'm speaking on worship. And uh, honestly, I've never fully felt released to, to share in the word of worship. I've you know, when, I, when I've been, um, you know, called upon to, to, to preach or speak, I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk in worship, and then the Lord takes me to a different direction. Um, but I kind of I kind of hinted in here and there, but I'm so, I just feel like now it's more appropriate to, to talk in worship um, now more than anything. And so it's been a pillar of my life, honestly, worship, participating in it, being a part of it, being a part of the team, and just just. Personally, at a personal level, it's just been a pillar in my life. And I remember growing up in church, enjoying all the worship songs, going, um, I remember just going to the conferences that we would have, and I would, I don't know how how young I was, you know, I probably went to the, the children's church, but I would just want to be in the Ming sanctuary with the adults and just want to worship the Lord and want, you know, a lot of the classic songs for me, maybe part nostalgia, but part anointed. And I just wanted to be in the room. I just wanted to, to worship the Lord. and. I remember being at a 
like nine, ten, and just being like the worship leader in the children's church, just singing um, with the understanding that I had of who God is. And I just wanted to celebrate. I just wanted to jump. That's that was just me. I just wanted to worship the Lord. And so, um, honestly, nothing, nothing more. Just giving Him glory. Psalm thirty-four, one through three says, "I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth." My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You know, as, as I talk about worship tonight, um, we have a lifetime to participate in and discuss worship and what that looks like. And so I'm not going to say this is a, an exhaustive message on worship. It's, just a little bit. I'm going to share a little bit about what it means to me, but just for the church um, at large. And so I don't, want, I don't want you to think that I'm an expert, but I've just been immersed um, in, in the realm of worship my entire life since that's just, that's just what I've been, I've been in. So um, I can certainly talk about how worship is, is our life could read Romans 12, you know, we, we present our bodies as living sacrifices. And so how we act, how we, how we talk to people, how we, um, how we live, the choices that we make, the thoughts that we think they're, they're offering their, it's, it's all worship. But I want to talk about, um, worship that's described in heaven, heavenly worship. And I think, you know, we, we participate in, um, tonight even. So we're going to cover a few things on worship. What is worship corporately? personally, how it affects us, how it changes us. So my goal for us tonight is that we would grasp the opportunity that we have in worship, how we get to experience the gift that worship is for us. And so I know worship is ultimately for the Lord where, where we just look to him, but it's, it's also that we get to participate in it and that it changes us as, as we lift up the great AM. So I don't want us to miss out, miss out on what God wants to do in worship as we lift him high. I don't want us to make, uh, miss that. So um, for many in this room, I, I just, I'll probably just rekindle a fire, reignite something. But I want to speak on those that are on, too on, that are on the fence that just, you know, you, you come in worship, but you're not really participating. You're not really engaged. And so um, it, it's not for my benefit that I convince you. It, this is for you. This is for you to engage with the Lord, um, what it means to be corporately involved in what God is doing uh, presently here. So why don't we just bow our heads as we pray tonight. Lord, we, we are so grateful for your presence. We're honored to be in the room. We're honored to be where you are. Lord, Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes and our hearts to hear from your word more clearly that we may come away with greater understanding and a deeper desire for worship. Have your way in us. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So, so what is worship? Number one, what is worship? Worship is the act of giving adoration to something or someone. It's the act of giving adoration to something or someone. It's giving worth to that which we gaze upon. Whatever we're looking to, whatever we give our attention to, we're, we're giving honor, we're giving reverence, where we say this is worthy, this is this has my attention. It might be a bad comparison, but I think it's like, have you ever seen a celebrity just walking down the street or seen video of people seeing a celebrity walk into a restaurant or something? And um, what happens? Everyone's looking at them. They want to take a picture. Why? Because for who they are, they're worthy. We're looking at that. They have our attention. And so 
just for us in, as we look to the Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy enough for our attention. Everything that we are, he's worthy of it. And so as, as the time that we have on earth, it's limited. We only have so much time. We only have so much space for things. Our resources are limited. So what we do with these things gives a short report on what we find valuable enough to spend it on. We were created for worship. This is, this is what we're here for, to honor the Lord with our lives and with song and with the celebration and with, with all our resources that we have. We created it for him. So whether you're in your room or you're on the drive to work, on the drive home, we set aside a time um, for worship. And so we're all, participate, all, part, all participants in this offering of worship. Bob Sorge says this about worship, that, that worship is not a goal to attain but a journey to walk. It's not a goal to attain, but a journey to walk. And so we'll forever be students of what it means to worship as long as we're alive. Um, worship is, is our complete yielding to his holiness and acknowledging his goodness. Worship looks like us acknowledging and choosing to give God place high above anything or anyone else. And so is, is God high? Is he on the throne? Is he, is he more mighty, more powerful than anything um, that can be? Of course, yes. But our worship is, that, is our opportunity to align with heaven's truth, that we get to come into agreement with that. We're joining in heaven, that, and we're saying he's holy, you're worthy, you're high, you're mighty, you're powerful. Um, there's a pastor who says that we worship simply because he's worthy. Simply because he's worthy. Revelation 4, it's become one of my favorite uh, portions of scripture because um, we get a glimpse into the throne room of God. And so, you know, we, our perspective of worship is, is, you know, in our room, in our car, or, or in, a, in, a, in a meeting like this. But we get a glimpse into, into what the throne room, what what heavenly worship looks like. And so um, Apostle John attempted to describe what he saw. Um, and it's, it's, it's reminiscent of what Moses experienced on the mountain or Isaiah or Ezekiel's uh, vision with the Lord. Um, but Revelation 2 says this, And instantly I was in the Spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven, and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like jasper and carnelian and the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Man, what a sight to see. Verse 8 says this. Each of these living beings had six wings and their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they, they keep on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the, the Almighty. The Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. They exist because you created what you please. So we, ha we have this perspective on this side of heaven that we get to honor the Lord, and yet they're in the throne room. And so we, we can say, hey, like, are they just bored? Are they just singing these words? Well, the thing is, when the Lord is in the room, when the glory is in the room, everything changes. If, if you remember King Solomon, 
when he initiated, he opened up the temple of the Lord, the glory filled the temple and the, the, the Levites and the priests couldn't perform what they were doing because the glory filled the room. And so when God is in the room, everything shifts. Our recognition is to him. And they can't help but say worthy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's what heaven's like. It's, it's the glory of the Lord all around. And so we have, we, on this side of heaven, we have a perspective to worship God unlike the other side where in our pain, through our circumstances, we get to offer the Lord an actual sacrifice of praise that despite what we're feeling, despite what we're going through, I get to give the Lord glory in this circumstance, in this season, in this time, on this side of heaven. And it won't be like that in eternity. So take advantage of that. Um, worship is not a performance. Um, or we, or we come here to check it off the box. We don't just put it in our service to say, all right, we're going to have the time of worship. We're going to sing some songs. You know, it's going to be good. We're going to sing together. Kumbaya. It's, it's, it's not for that purpose, honestly. Um, it's so much more than that. It's, an, it's, it's our time to give the offering of praise to the Lord. Um, the first time worship is mentioned in Scripture is when Abraham sacrificed Isaac, when the Lord said, hey, give me your son, the one whom you love dearly. So Abraham offered Isaac in worship. And that's this side of heaven where we get to offer a sacrifice. And that was the Lord saying, oh, now I know that you love me. Now I know that you actually, you adore me. You want to please me. That he's offering a sacrifice to the Lord in worship. And so Hebrews 13, 15 says, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. Those, these are the sacrifices that pleases God. This is the type of worship that we can offer. This kind of, of, of praise and of generosity. I want to reference two scriptures, two portions of scriptures that they kind of correlate. I'm, I'm going to make them correlate, but I think they, they offer the same kind of message. Uh, first from Acts 15, where, uh, where Amos is referenced, and it's talking about how all the nations of the Lord, will, all the nations will know the Lord. Um, and then in John, where Jesus is speaking with the woman at the well. And so this, in this discussion that James is having with the disciples, they're saying, hey, do the, the Gentiles, they're receiving the Holy Spirit. Do they still have to participate in the ceremonial and the traditions um, and the ceremony rites like we do? Or what, what is that supposed to look like? Um, do, they, do they have a place in this? And so uh, James says this in verse 16. He's quoting Amos. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the taint of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord. And the and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. So all the world is supposed to know the Lord. They have an opportunity in this. John 4, 20 says, and this is Jesus speaking with the woman at the well. And um, she's saying, our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But 
the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. In spirit and truth. So I want to point out a couple things here. That the act of worship and the identity of God's people, it's no longer limited to a specific people group, but available for all. So remember, the Lord was first for the Jews, and, and this, is, this is huge for the Jewish believers. Do they have to do the same kind of things that we had to do? Do they get circumcised? Is, is, that, is that how we know that they're, they're part of us? Um, in other words, how was worship supposed to look after Jesus' resurrection? What's, what's that supposed to look like? Um, number two, it's not limited to one geographical location. It's wherever we are gathered. And so this is, this is the great mosaic of the church, that all the earth, all the nations, every type of people, every tongue will bless the Lord. It's, it looks different in different areas. I've, I've been to several countries around the world, and it looks a little different. It sounds a little different, but it's worship. It's honor. It's praise to the Lord that all the world. See how I tied in mosaic to this message. There it is. Um, there it is. Um, Jesus said that the time is coming and now here where, where my people worship in spirit and truth. And so it's such a revelation to capture what Jesus is saying. He says in, in the context, um, the woman was, was asking, where do we worship? What, what's it look like? I thought, it's over, I thought you said it's over there in Jerusalem. We say it's on this mountain. And so Jesus is saying to worship in spirit is to wipe away an old thought process, is, is to wipe away an old way of doing things. It's from the spirit. It's being led by the Holy Spirit. When we, when we receive salvation, our spirit is united with him. And so it's to say, wherever you are, you are able to worship and to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so we worship in spirit. Philippians 3, 3 through 4 says, For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. So it's not dependent upon a physical circumcision. It's spiritual. Um, we rely on what Christ has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if I could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence or not, I have even more. So we worship by the Spirit of God. So if you understand the, the, cer uh, the ceremony and the, uh, the religious activity that the Lord placed on the people uh, of Israel in Exodus, um, Leviticus, man, the Lord was very strict on what worship was supposed to look like. He was very strict. Um, Bob Sorge said this about it. He said, worship in spirit meant that worship is no longer a function of rites and ceremonies, but proceeds directly from the human spirit. It's not an outward expression, but takes place from the heart. So when we come and we're gathered here, it's not just an act. It's not just a um, the words that we have to repeat. It's not just the fact that I'm singing the song with the church and the worship team. It's, if, if that's all it is for you, then you're, you're completely missing it. You're completely missing it. Um, this is what the Lord says in Isaiah 29, 13. It says, the Lord said, these people claim to worship me, but their words are meaningless and their hearts are somewhere else. Their religion is nothing but human rules and traditions which they have simply memorized. <laughs> Man, the Lord puts it just plainly. It's not about just singing the songs. It's not just about coming. It's about offering the Lord 
your heart. It's about really meaning it, saying, Lord, I know I'm, I'm going to focus on you tonight or in the morning on a Sunday. I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to choose to say that you are good, you are holy, you are worthy. And, and I think that's why some, some people, you, you see them, they're jumping. Because it's like, I, I have to give you praise. Some way, somehow, I'm going to praise. I might be on a bended knee. I might just bow before the Lord and say, God, you are worthy. Here's, here's my worship. Here's my offering. I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to give you praise. And so it's, it's going to look different. It's not just doing that. It's, it's got to come from the heart. Got to come from the inside. Um, and, and we also worship in, in truth. It's built on something. There's a foundation. Um, the word is how we know who God is and God is and what he's like. And so when we sing about his goodness, it's just not a happy thought. It's like it's based on the word. It's based on truth. Um, it also suggests that we worship God in, in authenticity. It's got to be real, like, like I just talked about. And so um, the Lord sees everything. He knows when we mean it and when we don't. Uh, Psalm 33 says, The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. Okay, we can't fake our worship to him. We can't fake our worship to him. Secondly, we're talking about corporate worship. When we're gathered here together, um, Psalm 100 says, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy, acknowledging that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Um, this is the first thing that we do um, when we come together. You know, we're, we're good at some things here at Reach, Reach Church Paramount. We're good at some things. And I think one of them as a church body, we are really excited about worship. I think it's, a, it's evident tonight. You know, that's, as I was up here playing, you know, hands lifted, voices loud before the Lord. I, I, I love it. Um, but I think we're good at that. We're, we're pretty good at that. And so, um, you know, you can't miss it if it's your first time. You, you can't miss it. This is, it's, it's loud, clear, and clear. Um, and so I read early in Revelation 4 how the throne of heaven is filled with worship day and night. And so there's something very special that happens when we gather together as a church and join in worship. There's unity. We're proclaiming the truth of, of God's word. We're ministering to each other. We're encouraging one another. Uh, maybe at the time of ministry where we're praying together. Um, but my, I think most importantly, we're engaging vertically with the Lord. We're engaging deeply with the Lord. We're, um, we, we're looking at him. And so um, I was talking to, to one, of the, one of the guys the other day. We're just talking about this very thing, how important um, this time of worship is at the beginning, at the forefront of what we do here um, in our service. Um, and he said that, you know, people were honest with him. And they're saying that they purposely come to church after worship. They, they intentionally miss it. And um, I guess there's no shame um, in their game, but they're missing it. Um, 
Uh, the, the word is good. Man, we value the word of God. We love God's word, and it is good. But if you're just getting that, I, th- I think you're, you're only getting half of it. But I think to even some extent, you're missing the main thing. You're missing the presence of God. Um, for several reasons. We, we're setting aside a time to give thanks to the Lord. It allows us to, to, to slow down, to put away um, what the day is like. We get to just be planned to be present. It allows us to set our mind on Him. We're not thinking about our job. We're not thinking about what we're going to do tomorrow, um, what vacation we're going to take. Um, our, our, never mind. Um, it, it, we remember how much we need the Lord. So we come in with thanksgiving. We're grateful. I'm reminded, God, yes, yes, you are good. Yes, you are faithful. Yes, you do provide. And we become aware of his presence. You know, we, we can fill our day with so many things, but when we stop to become aware of his presence, then we, we sense his nearness because we're, we're looking at him. We're, we're giving him our attention. And so I want to give you an example in scripture of this very thing how we can be distracted with so many different things, but when we come into the presence of God, it it changes. And so Psalm 73, I think we can relate to this in one way or another, says, the writer of this says, truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. I didn't write this. They, they scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. So here's someone who's, man, they're like, woe is me. Look at, look at them. The sinners out there, they're doing, they're doing good. They have no cares. They have no worries. Verse 13 says, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. This is some sorrow. This is someone going through it. But verse 17, here's a shift. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Mm. Verse 21, then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. This is someone who, when they entered the presence of God, everything shifted. The, as we look to the Lord, everything gets, gets clearer. Our, we're, we're like, I was thinking that. How could I think that just two seconds ago? We remember our need for the Lord, our thanksgiving. There's a shift. There's a pr- shift in our perspective. And this is what happens when we worship. We see him more clearly. It, it prepares our hearts to receive from the Lord. In fact, you, again, you might receive more in this time. Honestly, this is why like, I, I love that we can sometimes even extend worship because we need that moment. We need, I mean, how much time in the day is, are we doing this compared to the rest of what we do in the day? 
we need more time in the presence. We need more time looking to him. It's a, it's a posture uh, that John the Baptist said when he said, may he increase and I decrease. What else happens? It's a Colossians 3.16. Let the message of, of, about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual, spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. So when we come together, we're singing to the Lord. We're singing scripture. We're singing the truth. Um, we're singing uh, hymns can be described as songs that are inspired by the word. And we do, we do much of that here. Um, we do even, there are moments that um, spontaneously come in, in, in the form of the prophetic where there's encouragement, there's edification, edification given to the believers to say, hey, rise up, get up, get up out of the grave. Songs like that. Songs like encouragement that happen in moments of worship that minister to each other. Ephesians 5.18 uh, says, And do not get drunk with wine, and do not get drunk with wine, for this is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. There's something about those moments. Um, music plays um, a big part of it. And worship doesn't need music. I think we do, um, to be honest. Um, one aspect of it, it can, it can be prophetic. It can be um, just some melody on the, on the keys that calms our heart. It, it helps us just to focus on him. Um, there's an example in scripture, Second, Second Kings. I think it's Elijah's asking for a minstrel. He wants to prophesy. He's like, give me a minstrel. Give me a musician. I need to, I need to calm my, my, my soul. And he's able to prophesy. Or, or more, um, more famously, probably King Saul. He was um, being disturbed by his spirit. And his servant said, hey, why don't you get someone who plays the lyre? Get, a, get someone who can play some music. It'll calm you. And so they get King David before he was king. And he played before King Saul. And the spirit left him. So there's something about music that shifts atmosphere. I mean, you, you hear it. You feel it. We're just, in, we're just in tuned. We're just focused on the Lord. We're listening in. It helps us to focus. And um, honestly, it, it helps me. I think it helps everyone. Um, so when, when, I guess I'll share this. So one of my favorite things, and Stephen introduced me to William Augusto. Um, but it's what, we, it's what I put on when I'm just worshiping the Lord. Because it's just like this instrumental music. So just a little tip there. William Augusto. Come on. Not that I'm shouting him out or anything. Um, and so... As important it is for us to gather, and it is really important that we do that when we gather together as a body. Um, but that's, I mean, really, if you come on Sundays and Wednesdays or once, twice, two, three times a week, that's just a small portion of your day. And so if that's what you're giving to the Lord, that's like a tip. It's like a tip of praise. Here it is. Here's my praise. Here's my hallelujah. Um, and it's not necessarily, I mean, it is, there's a degree of sacrifice. I and mean, if you're kind of a shy person, I mean, the first time I remember lifting my hands for the first time and I was just like, all right, you kind of do this. And then before you know it, you're just freely given. And so I can see how that is a, that is a degree of the sacrifice of praise when you come here, but it's not necessarily demanding because everyone else is doing that. Um, but I will commend you if you're taking steps towards that. Um, but daily we should set aside time to worship the Lord. Psalm 145 says, I lift you high in praise, my God, O my King. 
and I'll bless your name into eternity. I'll bless you every day and keep it up from now to eternity. Some of my most memorable moments with the Lord were not in a room like this, although I've, I've had really um, just great encounters with the Lord in a, in a, in a church service, but a lot of uh, great times, great, just moments that I can look back on were just me and the Lord. Just me and the Lord in, in my car or in my room. Um, you, the Lord wants your every day. The Lord wants you to offer him praise every day. Um, there's something that happens when we decide to, to make it a part of our daily routine. Not just out of routine, but just a part of our lives. Um, Psalm 16 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are, and ple- are pleasures forevermore. If there is, if I'm so, if I'm satisfied in the presence of God, why would I just give him a tip? Why would I just give him moments, small little moments when I come to church? Why not give him my every day? Why not, why not give him a portion of my time every day? If, if that, if I'm so fulfilled in, in those moments, why, man, God help us. God help us. Um, this is what worship does. Worship shifts our attitude in the moment. Um, it, it reminds us who's really in control, in charge. We become aware of who, the authority in the room. Um, you kind of see that um, with, with some of your kids when they're playing and they're doing something they know they're not supposed to be doing. And then the parent kind of walks up and they recognize and they catch an eye and they just freeze like a, like a deer in headlights. That's kind of like what it is. I mean, it kind of, it's kind of like that where we, like, we recognize, oh, oh, yes, yeah, you are Lord. That's right. I shouldn't be doing this. Okay. Um, honestly, I kind of intentionally do that when I'm having, when I'm just, I, I kind of said the wrong thing or I'm thinking the wrong thing or I just have a, a bad attitude or just feeling really down. I intentionally decide to shift into worship. That will change our entire outlook instantly. Um, I think we've all experienced that to some degree. Um, our, our, when we shift into worship, when you really don't want to, it changes everything. I, um, I think it, it, our perspective shifts. It, so I want, to, I want you to make this a part of your life, that when you don't know what to do, you worship. When things are good, worship with, with thank you, Jesus. When life gets hard, we worship in good times, in bad times. The joy of our life is fulfilled when we worship the worthy one. There is never a time you'll regret offering to God worship that he's so worthy of. It, it's not wasting time. It's, it's what we're created for. So why don't we, uh, we're going to bow our heads tonight. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.